gripe I have with you is destroying Wawa. This! Who else is going to pay you this kind of money? And who else needs you that bad? The contracts are getting too out of control. It is. The guy is such a loser. The Couch Guy Sports Podcast. He holds on to that ball. They have another play. They win the game. With Nick Qualia. At one point, you have to go, okay, this isn't working. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Jared Scott. You guys have, have a terrible coach guys. and a terrible quarterback. You guys can all screw and figure out how to be a real organization. I can't even be mad. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 94. Me, Nick Qualia. Back with Jared Scaly. Jared's missed the past couple of shows. He's had some uh, some emergencies that he's had to tend to, aka driving to Connecticut to do things for his wife. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> that, was, that sounded miserable. I earned, point, after, I earned brownie points for that one. Especially after work, I would have killed myself. Uh, tonight's show is awesome. Big week. This is one of my favorite weeks being a Patriots fan. I mean, we got the Super Bowl. Listen, be. You being a Patriots fan, you get the luxury of watching 19 football games a year. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just pencil them in. The first weekend in February, yeah, just that's a Patriots game. I don't understand what's yeah. what's, what's different about it. This is the AFC Championships basically been the been the Patriots Invitational. And the Super Bowls turned into the Patriots Invitational too. Like they've <laughs> four out of five Super Bowls now. And it really like, should have been five out of five because think about the Denver one. Like they, they were won so close. They were a two point conversion away from going to overtime. They were. Yeah. They were basically Steven Gostowski extra point away from being from just having to kick an extra point to go into overtime. But Steven Gostowski missed that field goal that year too. So shout out Steven Gostowski. <laughs> but uh but dude, the Super Bowl man, we're gonna talk about that. So we have a big show, like I just said. Jerry Thornton, Barstool Sports came on the show. Uh awesome interview. It was me and Connor doing the interview. Start of the show. Uh start of the interview. We just got right into it, talked the Super Bowl, talked about uh, Dave Portnoy, El Prez being at Media Day, getting taken out by the uh, NFL backslash FBI, whoever it was, took Dave Portnoy out, PFT commenter. Talked about that with Jerry, really dove into the Super Bowl, though. Jerry, Jerry is one of the best Patriots minds in Boston, in New England, just because he, he like, like, I live and breathe the Boston Red Sox. Jerry lives breathes pukes bleeds the new england patriots everything specifically jerry, tom brady specifically, specifically tom. tom brady jerry i don't know how he knows so much but jerry thornton great to talk football with, with great to talk patriots with great guy awesome interview guys so that's going to come right after the weekly dump let's get into it weekly dump not that long this week because we really got to kind of try to dive it we got big topics this week so i'd probably talk about those the three main ones that I want to talk about in the Weekly Dump, Sean Payton showed up to his press conference today before Roger Goodell's press conference. We record today, Wednesday, January 30th. Roger Goodell had a press conference uh, today. Sean Payton, at his press conference, like I just said before, had a little zip-up, like a little quarter-sleeve, quarter-zip, uh, zip-up sweatshirt, and you could see a turquoise shirt underneath. You could see the top, the hairline of... Uh, <laughs> Definitely presumed to be a Roger Goodell clown shirt from Barstool Sports. Oh, a thousand percent was. He literally <laughs> just showed enough just so you knew what the shirt was. <laughs> legendary. Legendary. Uh, the huge news from the week, Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. Davis has told the Pelicans that he wants to be traded and he will not be signing an extension with the team. It has also been reported that he will be telling Nola that his preferred destination is the Los Angeles Lakers. That hasn't happened yet, though. They also have removed him from the end of the intro video where it Which shows the just entire came out, right? Uh-huh. 
Yep, they they removed Anthony Davis, your star, from the intro video. And then also reported by Rick Bueller, uh, his sources that he claims are close to the Celtics are that Kyrie Irving is interested in reuniting with LeBron James. We're going to talk about Anthony Davis. We're going to talk about Kyrie in the main part of the show. Let's start the main topics here, though. Super Bowl week. Let's talk about this five minutes because... Actually, you know what? No, let's let's jump into the Jerry Thornton interview first. Let's get all this Patriots stuff out of the way now. Here it is, Jerry Thornton interview. Guys, again, awesome interview. Here it is, Jerry Thornton, Barstool Sports. All right, welcome in Jerry Thornton of Barstool Sports. Jerry's been on quite a few times now. Definitely the most had guests that we've had on this podcast. But, you know, it's Super Bowl week, baby. Three Super Bowls in a row. Just talking to Jerry off air. This is almost a usual thing here now for Patriots fans. Third Super Bowl in a row. I just bought a new TV because I'm having a party again, and I can't do it with my crap TVs anymore. Jerry, thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, fellas, thanks, thanks for having us on. It's become kind of a, an annual thing. Like, you know, you, you've got Thanksgiving, and then you get Christmas, and then you get New Year's, and then you get the Super Bowl. In New England. <laughs> it's a tradition unlike any other. And you, you also have the annual tradition of people saying that this is it. Like, they're not going to be good anymore. <laughs> this is terrible, and they're falling apart, and the quarterback's getting old. And yet, every year, we're here laughing at them. It's a, it's, what a time to be alive, man. You know what? I was I was going to save that question to the end, but I'm glad you brought that up, because yeah. I was... I, I'm not going to lie. I was worried about it in the middle of the season after the Tennessee game, I think, is like where it really started clicking in for me. I was like, oh, no, this might not be the same as like the Patriots because people forget I think it was was it the Seahawks year where the Patriots struggled at the beginning of the season started off two and two and then ended up in the Super Bowl but I didn't think it was going to be like that or that was the Atlanta year either one I didn't think it was going to be like that they looked rough and Tom Brady himself looked rough the, the zip wasn't there he was overthrowing passes so I was gonna again I was gonna ask this question at the end Jerry but do you think, not talking Super Bowl right now, do you think that there was actually a knee injury that uh, has been speculated for Tom Brady in the middle of the season? A lot of people are pointing to that Tennessee game where he went out for the pass. Do you think that there was actually a knee injury that was that was hobbling him through the year? Well, you know, to pull this little toy car back across the floor a couple of feet so that it could go forward, um, there have been <laughs> numerous times in September where the Patriots came out of it and we were going, what, what the hell's going on here? You know, that year that you referenced, um, 2004, when they played the, the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, the final four teams in the NFL, and we all forget this, we all think that it only applies to the Patriots. The final four teams that year were Seattle, Green Bay, the Patriots, and the Colts. All of those teams started out 500. You know, the, the Patriots, Colts, and Green Bay were all 2-2. Two and two. Seattle was three and three to start the season, but they were the, the NFL's final four. Um, this last year, where they had, uh, you know, with, with even uh, yeah, Stephon Gilmore was new, and they looked in total disarray. They, they got like trounced by Kansas City at home in a banner game, and then um, Deshaun Watson they made him look like a veteran in like his third start. So it happened. And I, I, I've tried to train myself to just kind of deal, like get through the beginning of the season where they're still finding themselves, where it's what I like to think of as extended training camp, 
because training camp is so limited now, and what they do is complicated. They're like yep. a they're like a, a like a precision German engineered sports car that needs a lot of time in the shop, but once it's running, it's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, this year when they when they was late in the year and they had that that you know complete cluster fudge at um, Tennessee that was bad, and then they, the back to back losses Miami and Pittsburgh, yeah, that was hard to deal with. And that, but I tried the best I could to step back and go. It took a once-in-a-generation play of Miami to beat them, and it took eight, count them, eight pre-snap penalties at Pittsburgh where they just made a ton of mistakes and lost, I want to say, four first downs to just idiotic penalties. And I tried to say, you know what, okay, this, this, these are problems that are correctable, and this team can work through it, while what I feel like the rest of the New England media in particular and of the sports media in general around the country was losing their damn minds. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, again, it was, it was like, it was tough not to though. Like, cause you were just the five and three or three and five on the road. Excuse me. It was like, they just like, they couldn't win. They couldn't play well on the road. And then as the year gone on, it seemed like, okay, if the Patriots are, and it's what happened, if the Patriots are going to go to the Super Bowl, well, then they're going to have to go through Kansas City. So I think that's where a lot of the fear kind of came from, you know, because they go through Kansas City and Kansas City where they've gotten smoked before. I mean. Yeah, and then the way we were all portraying it and the way it was was working was, um, wow, Kansas City is really a team on the come. Like, look at how they're, they're. They've bounced back and they've really rebuilt. And Patrick Mahomes is this and that, all of which is pretty true. And wow, the Patriots are completely in decline, and Brady's going off a cliff or whatever. What separated those two teams was literally the play at the end of the Miami game. If the Patriots make a tackle there, then the AFC Championship game is at home. Devin McCourty's on the damn field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, looking back, it didn't work out. But you know, there's a reason you put Gronk in there because you figure they're gonna throw a hail mary, whatever. But a freakish play, a, again, a once in a lifetime play, was what separated them from the team that we're all saying, "Wow, look at how good they are." And you know, I just tried to sort of take that in stride and say, "You know, they can they can correct these things." But you know, the it's kind of like. You know, two kids in a classroom, and one of them is kind of like a C student, and you go, oh, look at that, that's a good, good job on that paper. And the <laughs> other kid who's like carrying a 4.0, you know, if he brings in a really good science project, you're going, ah, it's not your best work. And I think that's what the Patriots are, and that way they're like victims of their own success. So, Jerry, I, I, I assume you saw this yesterday at Media Day that um, Dave was arrested for, um, I guess, <laughs> Goodell didn't want him there. It was pretty hilarious. Did you did you see that? Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, not technically arrested, but it's sorted out by security, who, and by the way, NFL, like, get, get your crap together. Like, you know, we always hear how this, this is like, I think it was the, Homeland Security term for it is, but you know, like mm. a you know a high target area, whatever, <laughs> like a you know heavy security zone. And they went, they went Portnoy and PFT commenter walk through in ridiculous like disguises. Disguise, yeah. yeah, like like the kind of thing I, I don't know, like Austin Powers would have used. <laughs> into some like arch villain's lair, 
and probably like the hand-drawn, uh, uh, cartoony friggin' uh, security passes, and they got through with that. And then today, the NFL announced that next year they're going to have what they <laughs> what is being called barstool protocol. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's actually for the rest of this week. Everything has that barstool protocol, which I think is going to be the next uh, Mission Impossible movie. The fact that they got through with that, like, like, how do you look at Dave Fornoy? How do you look at the guy with that mustache? The hat go, no, this is this is fine. This makes sense. He had a Even hat like, that said I I heart Goodell on it. Goodell on it. I was like, oh my god, so funny. And this is three years now running that Barstool has been the media story at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Going huge. back to uh, the, um, the Atlanta one, where none of us were allowed into any of the facilities, any of the events, but then Goodell, with a straight face, which is the only face he owned, um, <laughs> tried to say, I have no idea who they are. Uh, what? Barstool? Who are they? What? But they were being denied. And Mike Flory of Pro Football Talk called it the uh, biggest story of uh, Super Bowl week. It's and like then, yeah, and now it now it's just continued. Three years later, only now it's even increased. It's like when your ex girlfriend gets with a new guy, and you're you're pretty bummed about it. People are like, oh, you see that? Like, no, I didn't. What, what are you talking about? They're they're with somebody now? No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just the fact that I'm driving by his house all the time. And, Second to see where a car is. doesn't mean I know who he is. Like, what? And then, Black Ford Taurus? No, he didn't. No, he, I, have, I don't even know what kind of car he drives. <laughs> and I, I mean, sure, I've, I've created a dummy account, so I follow him on Twitter, but that's just, you know, anybody. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Sean Payton shows up for a press conference where. Legendary. Sure, yeah, he's already buttoned down, and he's going to open just enough buttons that you can see that underneath he's got. The turquoise Goodell shirt <laughs> with just enough of his hair showing to say, okay, that's no coincidence. That's actually literally a barstool shirt. God bless him. And boy, if, if Sean Payton is not on the, the side of the Angels, I don't know who is. And yeah, I'm disappointed that the, that the, the um, Saints aren't in there. On the one hand, I'm saying, well, they would have been a better opponent, and I res- but I respect the hell out of them, and it would have set up the We Hate Roger Goodell Bowl. So it would have been two franchises who despise that man with the one-heart intensity of a thousand final cuts. And it's <laughs> disappointing that we don't have it. All right, so let's let's roll into the big reason why we wanted to have you on. Super Bowl time, baby. Here's, here's, here's how I want to lead this off. This is, I think, one of the most intriguing stories that I don't think is really being talked about a lot or one of the most interesting aspects of this game. Jared Goff, he's 24 years old. Obviously, quarterback of the Rams. You listen to this podcast, you should know he's the quarterback of the Rams. 24 years old. He started off the NFC Championship game a little shaky. After the fake punt, he seemed to get a little mojo, though. Do you think that the bright lights of the Super Bowl might have an effect on him? How do you think Jared Goff is going to play in the Super Bowl? Do you think he'll be fine, or what's your overall thoughts about Jared Goff going into this game? You know, it's my default setting to say that about any guy who's uh, that age and that inexperienced, and, um, you know, obviously has never gone anywhere close to this deep in the playoffs before. Um, 
And plus, I, I can't stop going back to the Rams season on Hard Knocks. I don't know if you guys watched it, but among other things, Jared Goff said he was completely flustered by the idea of yeah. the Earth rotates and the sun is in the sky, but the Earth is spinning, and he didn't know where the sun comes up in the east or sets in the west. Like, like It was as if... I don't know what you were asking a, a, a Doberman Pinscher that question. You have no idea. Um, but at the same time, I also have to go back to the things you were saying about Nick Foles last year and inexperience. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's yep. had a good playoff. But is Nick Foles really going to go on there and going to beat this team? And he played out of his mind. So A little uh, older, though. Like, yeah, true. You know, relatively more experienced, but also yeah. a backup, had played his way out of the starting position and then found his, himself sort of accidentally in there. So I guess I, I go back to saying I don't think that Goff has the makeup to handle this, and yet I say stranger things have happened. You know, and you look at his performance over the season, I mean, across the board, his stats are, you know, a couple of more um, touchdown passes than Brady. I think uh, – one fewer interception, higher quarterback rating. I mean, he's you know he's solid and, and he understands for the most part what um, uh, Sean McVay's offense is and whatever. What one thing to look for in this, and and you can see this as you watch them their games or their film. You have to have the helmet communication system shut off 15 seconds before the the play clock runs out. They will often, like, break the huddle early so that they can look over the defense so that Sean McVay can tell him in his in his headset what he's looking at and what audibles he should make and what, what reads he should make, you know, as opposed to the Patriots. So, you know, that's entirely on Brady. Goff is a guy that they don't trust to make that sort of um, subtle determination. So, you know, that should tell you that, you know, the Patriots can disguise stuff if they can – move their safeties around, give them one look until that, that helmet thing shuts off and then make another look that I, I think they can take advantage of that. All right. So everyone's doubting the running game in the Super Bowl. Do you think the Patriots are going to be able to generate something with Sony Michelle or James White or um, with White? Because I, I think oh, they yeah. will. And I, and I think everyone's yeah, that, underestimating that. Well, you know, positively, I'm with you. I think that's one of my – chief reasons to feel good about this. And I felt the same way about um, Kansas City. You know, like Kansas City and, and L.A. are pretty similar teams when it comes to stopping the run, just mm-hmm. so far as when you get big on them, you can you can pound them inside. You know, the, the Patriots this year have all their, uh, you know, big running plays, you know, their big impactful plays. The vast majority of them came right up center. And the center there is Aaron Donald, and we all understand how flipping good he is. But I, I think uh, I'm confident the Patriots can find ways to take advantage of the fact that he's a penetrator and he'll get inside with that least gaps and cutback lanes and, and that kind of stuff. And it, it'll wreak havoc with your passing game. But I think against the run, I think the Pats can scheme that stuff. You can, you know, like, you know, have one of the guards, you know, chip a guy and then take out the, the, linebacker. If you've been reading my stuff the last couple of years, mm. you know that I'm a gigantic fan of uh, James Devlin. Jimmy Neckroll, I, I just think he's a beast, <laughs> and the effect he has on a game is really understated. And so, 
with that in particular, I, I think the Pats can do that. Belichick's re- record with the Patriots when he has a back run for more than 100 yards is 60-1. and one. Wow. Uh, yeah, the one loss was at Miami. It's a game that Belichick always talks about when people are sounded overconfident. You know, we went in there in 2004, you know, we, you know, we, we had one loss at 2-11. We've been on there, and, and you know, we didn't beat him. And it was because um, uh, Corey Dillon, like, had, like, 120 yards, but Brady had, you know, like, a four picks or whatever. Well, Sony Michelle has 200-yard games in the playoffs, and, you know, if he gets three, I think he's the first rookie ever to do that in the postseason. So, in general, I'm confident about that. Having said all that, you know, just credit to the Rams. They have stopped the run so far in this playoff. I, I just think something can be done about that. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned Aaron Donald, how much of a beast he is. I mean, Christ, I don't know if you saw that picture of him this week with his shirt off. Oh, God. Holy yeah. shit. That guy. <laughs> and, and the thing is, he, he's so undersized for a defensive tackle. There's never been anybody like him in the history of the game. I mean, you know, Warren Sapp was a little over 300 pounds. This guy's like 285. And, and I know the same He's jacked. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's, there's not an ounce <laughs> of fat on him. And that's just so like the, the opposite of what we expect from an interior defensive lineman, right? There were two tackles taken in the um, first round that year. And it was him. And then later on, the Patriots drafted Dominic Easley. And both those guys were under 300 pounds. Well, you know, Easley was okay for a while. The Pats gave him two years and said, yeah, you know, we're done. And Donald has become, you know, the, the best, you can argue the best player in football, certainly the best defensive oh, player yeah. in football. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but what I was going to say about Donald, though, before we got talking about the guy's physique, he, uh, yeah. the matchup, the matchup's going to be most likely Joe Tooney versus Aaron Donald. It's, it's, it lines up that way a lot of the time where Donald lines up. Tooney's had a great year. The offensive line, Dante Scarnecchia, a.k.a. the God. That <laughs> offensive line's been amazing this year. And Joe Tooney himself has played great. Do you think that Joe Tooney's going to be able to handle uh, Aaron Donald by himself, or do you think they're going to have to do some double-teaming on him? Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on Tooney. He, uh, he's the only player on the team that didn't miss a snap all year long. He was amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah, and, you know, next one is Dave Andrews, who – Three years in the league, he's been to three Super Bowls, which has never happened in any position. Um, I just think that with all the respect they have for those guys, um, nobody handles this guy one-on-one. I, I think you're just going to have to always have a second body account in form, even if it's a chip, even if it's you know or if it's a double, or if you, you hit him and then have the back take care of him or whatever. I, I just have all the confidence in the world that Sarnecchia – um, and McDaniels between them can figure out a way. Plus, you know, they're going to get the ball out fast. I mean, it's the oldest cliche in the world. But, um, you know, the, the, the book on beating Brady is pressure him up the middle. Where's that? Pressure him up the middle. And I, I went down to um, Gillette last week, and I asked Belichick a question about that, how they, they face two pairs of elite tackles in the postseason. Um, you know, the First it was it was Ingram and uh, and Bosa, and then it was Houston and Ford and and handled them and like you know I said how do you you know adapt that to interior pressure and yep. you know, he talked about you know superior numbers of five and four 
fellas, I asked the question, which means that Belichick just went on and on and on and on <laughs> with that mutual respect that he and I have, <laughs> uh, because I used to be the assistant on a uh, JV team of 11-year-olds, so I understand, like... And he knows something that. that. Yeah, he does, so we have that, that respect, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, after a while, when he's answering one of my questions, I'm like, let's go, let's go, blah, 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 chatty Cathy. You know, like, come on, they're about to serve cappuccinos outside in the media center. Come on, I didn't expect you to cut your Netflix special. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm confident that they'll figure out a way, and I, I have that confidence in a lot of these Super Bowls. And, you know, I can point to three of them where it didn't work out so much, but, you know, I the things that the Pats have shown on tape in the last like month or so that they haven't gone too much in the playoffs, and I think it can really help them. Those, you look at that um, Buffalo game, that Jets game, it was jet sweeps. It was Cordero Patterson outside. They were spreading them out. It was, it was taking the handoff to Edelman and taking the handoff to Hogan and then play action and off of that. I think they can bring some of that stuff back because – Outside runs are not really what the um, Rams are good at. The teams didn't run at that a lot this year, but when they did, it was for really high yardage. I think they were like the worst in the league on those kind of runs. So, bottom line is that this pass team does, this offense in particular, does a lot of different things. And you have to be able to count for all of them because when one thing works, they'll go to some other thing that you're not capable of handling until they find the thing you cannot stop. So whether it be like Gronk, um, Edelman, Brady, who do you think is going to be the star of this game? Like who do you think is going to have like a breakthrough performance that no one is expecting? Uh, but with it, no one's expecting that. That's a tough call. If, if I had to say who I think is really going to be the key to the whole thing, I'm, I'm going with the rookie. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. going with Sonny, Sonny Michelle. I mean, awesome. you know, the, the yeah, the, the the finer details. You know, give me Trent Brown all day <laughs> long. I think he has just been an absolute godsend. Oh, so yeah, for such a a huge position for them to have to try to fill, and you know, they've just they totally upgraded it for like whatever's making like five hundred thousand dollars, and it cost them next to nothing. He, I, I think he was a throw-in on the. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Like a, really like a low-key. Like peanuts. Yeah, Yeah, a little like kind of a handshake agreement. I'm, I can't prove that. I can't substantiate that. But it sort of felt to me like this guy landed on their lap and he didn't really work in that Kyle Shanahan system. But, my God, he's just been a, a, a tank. Alex. He moves fast. He hits people. You know, he'll pull. And, and you know, we, we've seen that kind of or so that that you know that that uh, offensive line team, that blocking team, you have the pulling tackle, and then you know the guard takes care of the guy just in front of him, and so on. That you know that has worked in the past. Um, uh, Matt Patricia did that earlier in the year against the Rams. It was pretty effective, and so I think there's stuff on film for that. But yeah, my my unexpected like hero of this game is going to be Tony Michelle. But if I had to wager on it, you know, if if there's a Super Bowl pool going with, with the, the people I have over my house on Sunday and it's MVP, but you're crazy not to put your, your money on Brady. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's the yeah. Super Bowl. If the quarterback's not the MVP, that's wild. Um, right, I got exactly. To... It's only if it's like you know, if the quarterback is is a corpse that the defense has been fettered to, like Peyton Manning a few years ago, and they're going to give mm-hmm. it to Von Miller. But that's not the case with this team. And they got to have, or you got to have a performance like Deion Branch did. Like that's like that's the only way. Like James, you could have given the MVP to James White a couple years ago. Yeah, absolutely could have. Uh, I got two oh, more. Yeah. I got two more quick questions for you, and I know we got to wrap it up. Uh, this one. The Rams, I wanted to talk about the Rams running game quick. Todd Gurley, only 10 yards in the NFC Championship game against the Saints. Uh, they kept showing him on the sideline. He was stretching out. Again, only 10 yards. They had to rely on that new fat little ball, C.J. Anderson. Hmm. Do you think that that was just kind of an anomaly <laughs> game? Do you think Todd Gurley is going to be fine in the Super Bowl? Uh, do you think Tom Gur- Todd Gurley is going to have a breakout performance, a big performance? What do you think is going to go on with Todd Gurley? Well, let me just go with uh, what Pete Prisco said, which is he power ranked all the players in the game, and he had Aaron Donald number one, and he had uh, Gurley ahead of Tom Brady. Yeah, so I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Where do the Patriots get off feeling like they're disrespected? What? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody so said Brady, they sucked all year. <laughs> Brady's got 700 passing yards in two games. He went on the road at Kansas City and put on three go-ahead fourth-quarter and overtime touchdown drives. But, no, let's give it to Todd Gurley, who had the LaDainian Tomlinson 2007-like performance in the championship game. Sure, okay. You know, it's hard for me to envision that he's going to all of a sudden bounce back and have a a, a Todd Gurley-like performance. As far as Anderson goes, like, okay, let's see if they decide to, to put him in there. And he's not without talent, but I feel like teams have a certain, like, DNA encoded in them. Like, the Chargers are always going to do dumb things. Andy <laughs> Reid's going to go into the offseason with timeouts that he should have <laughs> called, like like their pizza coupons that he can, like, just accumulate or whatever. <laughs> the Patriots, I can never remember where a big power back really dominated them. You know, with, with the exception of maybe that one game with Peyton Hillis, like got a yeah. Madden cover because he ran over them. But the patient scene of guys like that are like um, uh, Jerome Bettis. I mean, yep. he would just be untackleable to other teams, but the Patriots would just not let him beat them. And I, I feel that's what C.J. Anderson is. So, yeah, with Gurley, you know, he's, he's going to run out of uh, – without a fullback, and he's going to run out of a lot of sets with, um, you know, three cornerbacks. And it's going to be up to the Patriots' nickelback to be able to handle that. Well, who's their nickelback? Essentially, their starting fifth defensive back is Pat Chung, and you'll you you know you'll break some some runs there for sure. But I'll take my chances with the way the Patriots stock their secondary with guys who can cover, but equally importantly, can can tackle. I I just can't see that Gurley is going to be the huge difference maker in this game. Jared, do you know how stupid some of this media is for put? The Patriots are running this whole postseason based off everybody thinking they're sucking. That's all they're doing. And if you just keep on disrespecting these people, if you just if you put Tom Brady third, what are you doing? Are you trying to make him throw for another five hundred yard game? Oh my gosh! And I know how many ways can they be wrong? And I'll just stick to the local media for this. I mean. 
like, you know, Felgren, Nash, screaming about why are they <laughs> look, I was as surprised by the Tony Michelle pick as anyone. I did not see the running back as going to be that high of priority. But they've, like, tried to cling to this narrative that Tony Michelle sucks. Like, he's terrible and he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tuned on, and this is my own fault. I have no one to blame but me for this. I'm making dinner, and I flip on NBC Sports Boston, and there's uh, Trini, and there's uh, uh, Shaughnessy, and Trini says, you know, Devin McCourty sounded like he's ready to retire, which I, I agree with. If he retires and Gronk retires, I just see Belichick retiring too because he doesn't want to continue with all those guys right because he's never lost the veteran before <laughs> you know he's never, god forbid he has a guy retire on him I'm like, I'm like oh i don't know nikovich or matt light or whatever and then in the next breath shaughnessy is saying you know i just it feels different yeah i picked against them all year long but this feels like their last roundup mm-hmm. i'm not kidding you quote unquote like how many more times it's like a competition. What's the record for consecutive times being wrong? <laughs> and I get called a homer, but what they fail to say is, yeah, but Christ, he's been right all along, hasn't he? <laughs> and the fans keep saying, I don't think this team is done. Uh, the team's not done. They're back in the Super Bowl. But no, let's pretend that this is the last one. You know, it's like that one of those weird doomsday cults where they say the world is going to end Friday at 11.52 and then the, the world doesn't end. They go, oh, we were just off on our math. We're, we're moving that date back a couple of months, but we're still right. And like, oh, sure, okay. you know, and that's, that's what's going on. I will just continue to sit there and say Brady's going to be back. Guys will retire, but they will replace them. They'll let a Malcolm Butler go. They'll replace him with a Jason McCourty and a J.C. Jackson. You know, they'll lose a free agent. They'll lose a Danny Amendola, and they'll they'll replace him with a Philip Dorsett and or whatever. And it's just they know what the hell they're doing in a way that nobody else does. I I gotta say though, I give you gotta give Max Kellerman credit because not only did he say the not only is the Cliff argument one of the dumbest arguments, it works. <laughs> It works because it's immortal. At one point, Tom Brady will not be good, whether it's at 82, 84. One of these days, Max Kellerman is going to be like, I told you so, when he's like 65. <laughs> I, I compare this to Barstoolware. Uh, Let's say I buy my kid a, a puppy, and I could sit there every day and say, you know, puppy's not going to live forever. Yeah, the puppy's gonna die today. Hey, Dad, the dog almost ran on the street. Told you, he almost died. Whatever, he's running off a cliff. And then, you know, eventually, 18 years down the road, you could take him to the vet and die. Oh, really have to put him out of his misery. Okay, do you run up to your kid and you go, "See, told you." Or the alternative, and here's my approach: just love the puppy. Just say, "My gosh, I love this dog. This dog's kind. This dog gives me a lot." I, you know. I, I say about the Patriots, like, it, it, oh, team, you know, you love a team, they don't love you back. No, the Patriots love me back. Tom <laughs> Brady loves me back, even if he doesn't know it. So that's it. Just enjoy this run. Like, marvel at the remarkable, like, you know, historic excellence that we're seeing. Instead of sit there and obsess over how's it going to end, 
I had a friend of mine send me this whole thing a couple of years ago about Brady, and he's not as good as you're thinking. Here's your stats. And I said, look, I like a good argument, and I appreciate that you're backing it up with facts and everything. Um, but if you and I were around in 1976 and you had the internet, would you be going, see, Bobby Orr's got to get the thing again? <laughs> like, where's the fun in that? Like, you, that, are you going to, like, have a grandchild on your knee someday and go, Dad, uh, Grandpa, what, what was Tom Brady like? Wow. Grandpa was the first guy to say that he sucked. It's <laughs> <laughs> a badge of honor for you. Like, wait, there's so fun in that. Brady's going to take every last drop of enjoyment out of this. Crack open the bone and suck out the marrow, fellas. <laughs> that, you know, that, that, what we're seeing will not pass this away again. So it's gone on for 20 years, and people started declaring it over 10 years ago. And they've, they've been wrong every step of the way. So, you know, keep on doing it. And, and we'll we'll probably be back here, the three of us, this time next year, having the same discussion. And, and after a year, people going, yeah, but this one feels different. just feels different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, so I know we got to wrap up. Can you give us a prediction on the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to say that I will not have a lick of fun. That's the, the thing. They've been in, and I, I wrote about this in From Darkness to, to Dynasty, how bad they used to be. And then I wrote in Five Rings as I'm writing the book. I realized the theme here is the Patriots have never had an easy Super Bowl. Not even close. Like, it's always the, the worst game of the year when they're not in it, right? The worst sporting event of the year. Third quarter, and the, the the winning team's up by four touchdowns, and everyone's just like talking over the game, like, "Hey, hey, how'd you make this dip? It's really good, you know." Some of the commercials come on, you're like, "Giant Dalmatians making friends with the Clydesdale or whatever." Patriots games are never easy; they're just not. And yet, I feel like this one is going to be the one where they have it in hand. I, I'm I'm like down by ten points, a couple scores, maybe you know the the Rams pull it closely, but. I, I like them like 34-24, maybe. I don't think that's too big an ask. Just don't kill me like you've done the last eight Super Bowls. Is that, is that too much? Zero, zero chance. Even if they went 34-24, they're going to score those last 10 points in like the last two minutes. And they'll gotcha. be – it's it's going to be – they'll be losing 24-20, to 20 and they'll score a touchdown and then pick up a fumble and run it back. Like they will make you sweat. How, how about no points in the first quarter? Like that, I they still haven't scored a touchdown yeah. in the first quarter in the in these eight games. You know they're they're five and three. They could easily be seven and one or one and seven mm-hmm. or eight and zero oh, or zero oh and eight. Like it just they all come down to a couple of like crazy plays. Their quarterback catches a fourth down pass on the goal line. Our quarterback drops a third down pass. It, you know, Jermaine Curse's touchdown, uh, not the touchdown, but the catch he made to set up the um, – Off the shed? By, yeah, the, the one where, he, you know, he, you know he, he, the ball goes off his knee and off his shoulder pad and in one ear and out the other and whatever. <laughs> that happened on the same end of the same stadium where the David Tyree catch happened. Yep. As Still my brother there. turned to me and said, God hates us. <laughs> he really, really does. So yeah, yeah. I'm losing my voice like when you and I were WEI together <laughs> after the, uh, the the loss at Denver in 2015. Thank you for 
run into the liquor store and get me brandy. I wish my, it had helped. My first, yeah. my first intern duty: go buy liquor. <laughs> Great duty. And I, I'm not that guy, but I finally had to take a day off because I just I couldn't speak, and it wasn't from screaming at the TV. It was just from the stress. It was just from going silent, not being able to function. So, you know, talk about a champagne problem. Oh, what was us? Oh, our Super Bowl were really, really close. Those five that we've won, like, really came down to the wire. They just, they want to shove you into traffic. All right. Hey, Jerry, man, thanks for coming on tonight. You guys can follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Thornton1. Obviously, catch him on Barstool, crushing the Patriots covered through the week and all the time, even in the offseason. And go grab his books, From Darkness to Dynasty. I've read that book. I love that book, especially coming from a 24-year-old guy who has only lived through these amazing years with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Amazing to read back. One of my favorite stories from the book is when you went to your first Patriots game, came out to the parking lot, and there was a car on fire. I love that. Uh, <laughs> no, one, no one put it up. Yeah, exactly. By the way, <laughs> so, I was no one put it up. I was 22 when they won the first postseason game of my life <laughs> but like and i said okay they've won one now i can die happy like that's all i wanted just just win one i wanted to know what that feels like and i did and and you like you know you're in that mindset like we all are they lose a conference championship game you're like oh my god what a disaster <laughs> i was so, eight when they won their first super bowl i'm 24 and i have a 401k set up and then <laughs> uh and then his other book his latest book Five Rings, the Super Bowl history of the New England Patriots so far. Jerry, man, thanks for coming out. It was fun as always. Can't wait to get you back. Uh, I, I had a blast, guys. Thanks. Uh, it's it's Thank not you. the first time. Let's make sure it's not the last time for us. Oh, absolutely. Let's 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 definitely talk again next year. We're in Super Bowl number four in a row. Go <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Thornton, Barstool Sports. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Jerry Thornton one And then you go grab his books, From Darkness to Dynasty. I highly recommend it. Great book. Then his latest book, Five Rings, the Super Bowl history of the New England Patriots. Jerry Thornton, thanks for coming on. All right, once again, Jerry Thornton, thanks for coming on the show. Awesome interview. De- the most reoccurring guest we've had. What is that? Is that time four? Three, I think. Three? three? I feel like I feel like we've already had him on three times. Maybe that was his third time. He definitely, he definitely is four. That was four. Pat's uh, Pat, our producer, is showing us four. I, that is okay. Last time we had him on, though, we talked mostly about uh, I mean, the office and how we think Kevin from the office is highly underappreciated. But once again, Jerry Thorne, thanks for coming on tonight. Now let's talk Super Bowl from our perspective. Okay, actually, hold on. Breaking news. Breaking news. We're going to talk about this too in the Anthony Davis thing. Add this to the weekly dump. The Pelicans have no interest in trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers right now. And that's going to relate to the main topics. Okay, so five minutes here. Let's talk Patriots Super Bowl because we just exhausted it a lot with Jerry. Patriots Super Bowl. Again, the New England Patriots Invitational. This is so stupid. <laughs> you're not you're you're not exhausted though, are you? Like you're not fatigued no, by football. This is amazing. Folks, it's because don't take it for granted. Because when he retires, man, when Brady goes, and Belichick go, goes. When Belichick goes, it's less about Belichick. When Brady leaves, uh oh. Like yeah, uh, yeah. But I think I think Belichick can do it. Belichick, 
here's the thing, and this doesn't take away from anything Brady's done, but I think Belichick could do it too with somebody else. Brady's still the GOAT. He's still the greatest of all time. But I think if you gave Belichick a good quarterback, like I think the Patriots might have had a chance this year if they had a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. Find the quarterback. We've got some more breaking news as well. Oh my God, we've got more breaking news. I don't know if you guys news. saw this today. Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill in Patriot Place, no longer. <laughs> Off the rails. Toby, Toby, Toby Keith's I Love This Bar gone. and Grill shut down abruptly today in Patriot's Place. Uh, Connor, Connor Strayer, my inside source with uh, Patriot's Place because he works there. I don't want to give his exact place of business, but he works within the realms of Patriots place. And he said that Toby Keith's, I love this bar and grill had the highest rent. And I think it came down. He didn't say this, but I think I saw somewhere that it came down to rent. So Toby Keith's, I love this bar and grill home of the great. I will say this about Toby Keith's the greatest nachos I've ever had. They're so good. They're the best nachos I've ever had. uh, That and the, um, the, the the yard house has good nachos. I love the yard house's nachos. Yard house yard house is good too, but Toby Keith's nachos are fucking bananas. Um, okay, so let's restart this timer here. <laughs> Not what I expected. Not what I expected. Um, yeah, I, thought, I thought you. I thought Pat was gonna come in with like some hot like Patriots. Anthony, Anthony Davis <laughs> straight into the Celtics. Pew 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 yeah, pew. Yeah. Not that. Not well, here, about Toby. Here's a fun fact for you guys. The establishment from 2012 to 2016 has been named 46 times by convicted drunk drivers as the last place they drank before getting arrested, more than any other establishment in Massachusetts in that time. Damn. Wow. Okay. All right. Cut people off. Nice job, guys. Yeah, Toby Keys. All those those stupid wannabe country folk. Oh, I can can drive E-Hop. I've been driving since I was six years old in my dad's tractor. I can drive home. It's only on Route 1. Super Bowl. Come on. So, again, we talked about a lot with Jerry. So, I guess we'll just kind of go with these topics, Jared. Who do you think, and obviously you weren't in on the interview, who do you think has to have the biggest game for the Patriots offensively? If they want to win this game. Yeah, I wasn't in the interview because I was driving through a random fucking snow squall. The snow squall. 128 coming from home. Uh, that was miserable. I literally thought I was driving off the edge of the earth. Like, all of a sudden, I just, all of a sudden, the red, I saw red lights in front of me and I couldn't see dead free in front of my car. Like, come Dude, on. snow squall, snow squall got me out of work early today because because it was supposed to start at like four o'clock. So I just, I went home to avoid it to try to beat it. Never showed up. <laughs> yeah, well, good, good for you. Um, no, look, it, Patriots. I think the te- the person on the team that needs to have the best offensive game is actually is Sony Michelle, like 100. percent Everybody's going to Sony. Well, because look what one he's proving himself that he he was worthy of the first round draft pick. Screw you, Felger. Um, and you look at it and go, okay, but he's your number one guy. Like he's your number one running back. He really is. And. Oh, he yeah, and he, he's going to be here for a while, too. Yeah, he ran for over 100 yards in the AFC Championship game, right? And he had a meaningful impact in that game, had a couple touchdowns. The way he plays the game, if you're going to beat the Rams, you have to beat them on the ground. And the way the offensive line is playing right now, I wouldn't I, be I was going to say, you know, you know where a lot of his success comes from, and that even goes back to college? It's when the offensive line, and this, is gonna, this might sound stupid, but it's not because it, his success— yeah, his success. <laughs> yeah, because I'm saying so. His success always goes back, and it's gone back through college to how well the offensive line's playing. He's not somebody who's ever been able to 
you know, create his own plays. We've seen he's not that fast. He doesn't really have breakaway speed. He we've seen him multiple times running downfield and then get caught. Like get he caught. doesn't have he doesn't have breakaway speed, but he's very good when the offensive line is creating those holes. But again, he's not like a Todd Gurley, a Le'Veon Bell. Like he's he's not a Le'Veon Bell type where Le'Veon Bell sits in the backfield and creates his own plays, looks at the looks for the open holes. Sony Michelle's success bases off how well the offensive line's playing. And yet Jared, I mean that's that leads into what I what my main guy is who has to be successful this week on the Patriots offensive side of the ball. And obviously we're staying away from Tom Brady because that's the cheap answer. Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney, the Patriots left guard offensive lineman. A lot of people, I mean, if you, if you don't pay attention, I don't want to say no, no football, but if you don't like pay deep attention to the Patriots, Joe Tooney, your left guard offensive line. Um, he's had a great season this year. He's been amazing. He definitely deserves a contract when it comes to his time. He's going up against Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is a force. Aaron Donald is a freak. 20 and a half sacks this year. He's the best. He's, I think, in my opinion, he's the best defensive player in the NFL. And then you look at Aaron Donald. Then you have to worry about Ndamukong Sue, right? Ndamukong Sue is an interesting one, though. You, because you got to deal with Sue. And look, Sue always has his number, I mean, in terms of like against the Patriots. But at the same time, this offensive line is playing so well right now. In what world can they like? Can't they stop these guys? Like all, everyone this week's been talking about. Oh well, Patriots. I, I just think Brady's going to get sacked because. Well, I know, but like everyone's like, oh well, Aaron Donald's going to get to the Tom Brady. Why? Why can't the offensive line do what they've, they've been playing over their heads the last couple games in the last like half of the season? Why can't they just stop Aaron Donald too? Like, why is it a foregone conclusion that Aaron Donald's going to get to Tom Brady? I think people just have a lot of respect for what he does, but the but you're right. The Patriots offensive line has been so good this year, and every time this conversation comes up, I mean, the the one thing that the Rams defense has going for them, because the Rams defense is overrated. People talk like this Rams defense is great. Well, they're really not. They were still talking like the expectations were there, but they, they had expectations coming into the year. I mean, I was one of those guys who drafted them in fantasy football. Like, you know, like they had those expectations. They just didn't live up to them. Tlaib was hurt part of the year. Peters was hurt part of the year. Pass rush wasn't what it was supposed to be until now because Donald emerged. But the Chief, I was more afraid of the Chiefs' pass rush than I would be about the Rams. So that's what I was going to say. The the and, and the Rams' defense got a lot better when Tlaib came back. So those numbers are a little skewed. But Play. The, the Patriots last week, they played the Kansas City Chiefs. Who had the number one rated pass rush when playing at Arrowhead? Who had one of the top pass rushes when they were on the road? Between Justin Houston, D. Ford, and Chris Jones, they had they were a force up there on that line on that front. They, they did nothing. They didn't they, touch Brady once. No, not one sack this postseason. They played great all year. Trent Brown has been amazing on the left side. Big guy. Gotcha. I That's mean, why they brought him here. That's why they brought him here. And look, next year you got to think about next year too. Trent Brown slides back over. Um, well, he's, you're gonna have to resign him. They'll resign him. You got Isaiah Wynn coming back. Well, yeah, you just bring both of them back because Marcus Isaiah, Cannon Isaiah, should also be gone. So He's I'd rather man. get rid of Marcus Cannon, keep both of those guys, right? Because then you have Isaiah Wynn coming back, who was meant to be your left tackle. Then you're able to put them on both sides of Tom Brady, and now you're protecting a 42-year-old quarterback with two guys who are phenomenal at blocking. All right, so like I said, we're not going to talk about it too long because we talked about it a lot with Jerry. Um so, you know, I guess we'll we'll just we'll give our predictions now. We again, we had a half hour long talk with Jerry about the fucking the Patriots. So like, I mean, they're going to win. So it's like whatever. So 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 what's your prediction for this game? 
I'll um, tell you right now, Jerry gave us 34-24. Okay. Patriots winning, I'm assuming, right? Based on... Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just assuming. Wild shot in the dark there. Um, look, the way I see this game going is I just don't think the Patriots will have that much trouble with the Rams defense offensively. Um, and, and I just think when they're the way they've been playing, they've been clicking since the Jets game. And you saw it against the Chargers and the Chiefs. They had no issues moving the ball whatsoever. It's not going to change against the Rams defense, who by all counts have been underperforming all year and didn't show much against the Saints. The Saints should be in the Super Bowl, right? So Patriots are going to win this game. I'm leaning towards like 31-17. Like, I don't think it's going to be close. Now, it's bold of me to do that only because all their Super Bowls are usually close. They are close. They've never won one or even lost one that was more than like, what, three points? So I'd be crazy. I'm probably going to be wrong, but something speaks to me. This this team's playing the underdog card, and they, they love the underdog card for some reason. Maybe they just started to work for the Eagles last year, so they wanted to hitch onto it when they found that opportunity. But um, 31-17, Pats are rolling. Give me banner number six, baby. Let's go. They lost. So they lost. I mean, they won by four against Seattle because you, you remember Pete Carroll should have ran the ball in with Marshawn Lynch. They had to score a touchdown, and yep. he didn't. Uh, so they won that game, that one by four. Okay, so here's here's really the first time I'm giving this prediction. I haven't said it on Twitter or anything, so exclusive from the Couch Guy Sports Podcast. I wanted, it, it, I, I'm picking the Patriots, which probably isn't a good thing because I've been horrendous gambling this uh, postseason. I've been god-awful. If it was up to me and my picks, the Super Bowl this week would be Bears versus Colts. Like, it would be. <laughs> I was, I was Awful. Yeah, you were bad about you were bad with picks. I was so bad on the show. You were bad. So, you weren't good. So, so to Patriots fans, dismay. I'm picking the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to win this game. Uh, I think it's going to come down to shaking Jared Goff early. I've said this. I've said this on every show I've been on so far. I think it's going to come down to shaking Jared Goff. He's 24 years old. He was nervous at the beginning of the NFC Championship game that you could see. And then if you do shake Jared Goff, they've got that running game that's great between Todd Gurley and CJ and little fat ball CJ Anderson, <laughs> uh, who's openly CJ Anderson's been playing fine, but like he's openly admitted and like I'm like somebody somebody got mad at me for for like calling CJ Anderson a little fat ball. He's openly admitted it in his interview. I think it was played during the AFC Championship last week when he was like, "Yeah, listen." When I got cut for the second time, because he was on the Panthers and the Raiders, but he was like, when I got yeah. cut for the second time, I just started eating, and I was like, January 1st, I'll get back into shape, and I'll get ready to re- go back into the NFL. <laughs> and then the Rams called me, so I was I gained a bunch of weight, and now I've got to play in the NFL again. So, like, it's 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 warranted. He, he wasn't expecting to be on the team. Exactly. Uh, so I'm picking the Patriots. Uh, I am going – I am going to go <laughs> oh, 30, 30 – do it. 30-24. I think it's going to... Still a big margin for the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be decently close, but I think the Patriots are going to win this more handedly than the score shows. I, I think I think you're exactly right in that sense. Like You talked about Jared Goff, right? Yeah. He, he's going to struggle at the beginning of this game. There's no question in my mind. Patriots are going to draw something up, take his number one guy away, um, and, and he's going to struggle a little bit. And if Todd Gurley's not 100%, this, this game could be over before the third quarter's over. Super Bowl 53, man. Patriots, again, it's unbelievable. It's so stupid. They they, they, literally, they missed Super Bowl 
50 in the past five years. That's it. This is so me, which pisses dumb. me off because that's the one I really wanted. What I just said to Jerry because I was I was helping I was promoting his books um, from Darkness to Dynasty. I read and I, I I was like straight up. I love that book because I don't know anything about Patriots success. Like the Patriots won the first Super Bowl when I was eight. Yeah, 100%. and I'm twenty. I'm twenty four years old. I have my first four hundred one k. Like I am an old shit now, and they're still doing it. It's just dumb. All right. This is the news that we got to talk about because it's it's been a heavy topic on our on the podcast. Anthony Davis back in the news, and I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. Let's so here's too happy, here's, guy. So here's the breakdown of what's happened this week. It broke earlier in the week that Anthony Davis and his agent officially told the Pelicans that he wants to be traded. He's a free agent in 2020. He wants to be traded. Okay, makes that demand. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things being around. Drew Holiday's pissed because he's he's coming out like this is the like I signed back here because Anthony Davis was here. Anthony Davis wants to be traded. He wants to be traded to a championship contender. Then the rumor also came out that Anthony Davis is going to tell the Pelicans that he prefer, his preferred destination is the Los Angeles Lakers. It also came out. Obviously, the Celtics want to be in on this guy. Also came out that uh, Boston is not a top target for Anthony Davis. The the Knicks and the Lakers are also ready to make an offer. So the trade deadline is February 7th. And then, so this is we're going to talk about this after, but then another rumor comes out from Rick Bueller, like I said in the weekly dump, that Kyrie is interested in reuniting with LeBron James. And I remember Kyrie Irving called LeBron James after the Orlando Magic loss and apologized. Uh, you know, for being basically a young shithead when he was with the Cavs. <sighs> okay, so Anthony Davis. Let's talk about these rumors. The Celtics are going to be in on him. If he's still with the trade deadline again, February 7th, if Anthony Davis is still with the New Orleans Pelicans by the summertime, I would put money down that the Celtics end up with Anthony Davis. Well, I, I definitely think he will be because the Pelicans have already come out and said they're not in any rush to trade him. Like, they're not going to appease him and just trade him now because they're not stupid. They know the best offers they can get are tied to Boston, right? Because of and the assets that That's they what have. they care about. That's and that's what, what they, they care about. about. They're, they're there to get a return. If Anthony Davis doesn't want to be there, that's fine. But they're not going to do this to be nice to him. They're going to see what they can get. And everybody can be involved Come summertime. So kick back. For, we'll have another 4th of July explosion like we had the last couple of years for free agents, um, probably with the trade. And then and then Durant has to sign this summer, too, right? He's probably going to opt out and leave, too. So you'll have Durant watch all summer on top of now the brow on the move. So look, this and, Kyrie. Gonna, and Kyrie is also going to be shopping around. You know he's going to take offers. So we'll get to Kyrie because I'm not really worried about that. But I look at this situation i don't think he's coming here and it kills me to say that because even before when it first kind of popped up he he was said boston apparently was a place he'd be willing to come they, he was on we were on the short list and then now apparently we're not i don't know it's all no, talking no eyes. it's just it's just not a top target like he wants to go to la that's what he wants not not well, being yeah, a top LeBron's target there. yeah and i think he just wants to be in los angeles he's with lebron that they'd be a championship contending team anthony davis and lebron james Yikes! That's a team. Le- but LeBron I, but James I, and the Cavs last year were a title team. Never mind the yeah, adding the on the route, like with LeBron. Like, come on now. 
Um, but also, I think Ky- Kyrie and the Brow are a, a contending team. So, with, especially with Gordon Hayward, because you'd still have him. So, like, you you look at what this is. I, I just don't see him coming here. I think he's going to go to L.A. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen now because it would make zero sense for them to give him to L.A. right now. Like, why would they do that? Because if they're not going to give but, to Boston, they still need to at least use Boston's offer to get as much as possible from L.A. or somewhere else. But here's the thing. No matter what L.A. offers, it's not going to match what Boston offers. And I'll tell you why. If this trade happens, which I think it does, say goodbye to Jason Tatum. Oh, it's both of them at this point. I think well, the way they're playing now, I think it could be Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And Mary, maybe Terry Rozier. Like, I think all three of them are like, to well, Terry, Terry's going to be a free agent, so he's not going to be on the radar. You, you can work a sign and trade. You could, but but he's going to be a free agent by the time it happens because you'd have well, to have Kyrie resign. Let me ask you this because I saw this come up today too. If by February 7th, Danny got on the phone, saw what's going on, puts a deal in place, and then goes, Kyrie, so here's the deal. I have an offer in place to get AD here. He wants to be here. He he'll, He's willing to play with you long term. Are you willing to sign a contract right now so we can trade for him midseason? Do you think Kyrie says yes to that? Can they do that? I don't really know. Yeah. I, li- I don't really know how NBA rules work with so contracts. The, the way it works with, with the Rose rule thing. The only reason why we can't trade for him now is because Kyrie's on the same contract that he was on when he got traded. Hold for on, him. can Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving be on the same team right now? No, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't texted 25 times. I wasn't tweeted at 90 times. Oh, the Celtics can't make a trade for Anthony Davis because Kyrie Irving's on the team. Nick, have you ever heard of the Rose Rule? Jesus. Same that for Derrick Rose. It's the all-star thing. Yeah, all-player team. Ah. If anybody texts me that again, I'm breaking my phone. <laughs> I, Someone I, text him right now. Someone text him while you're listening to this. Do it. I've been bitching about this for two months. I yep. know about the Rose Rule, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, if Kyrie was willing to do his contract now, which he's allowed to, if he really wants to, um, he can to get traded now and bring him in. But I don't think that'll happen anyway. But I was curious if you thought that that would be enough for Kyrie to go, yeah, you know what? That's fine. I'll stay. No, because I think Kyrie, from what I... This is, and this is no disrespect to Kyrie. The NBA is full of prima donnas. The, M- the NBA is full of divas, right? I don't think Kyrie does that because I think Kyrie wants to be courted. I think Kyrie wants to see what offers are out there. I think Kyrie wants to be front and center attention. I do think he – I can you – okay, we're going to talk about Kyrie more in a second. But, no, I I, I don't think that's going to happen because I think Kyrie wants to be courted post-July 1st. I think Anthony Davis ends up with the Lakers. I don't think you get him here in Boston, which could mean Kyrie leaving. I don't know. Um, this and The second half of the season, like post-trade deadline half at least, into the playoffs is really important for keeping Kyrie. As much as he said it out yeah. loud, like, obviously he didn't have to hold anyone to that, what he said at the preseason, like, party they threw for season ticket holders. If this team figures it out, Gordon Hayward plays okay, they do well, they go to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe even go to the Finals, because, like, really, I'm only scared of the Raptors in the East, right? The, the Celtics, is, despite only, despite being, what, fifth in the East still, they, are, they have one of the best records over the last, like, couple months in the league. Like, they're playing pretty well, good basketball right now. Yeah, they so, are. Yeah, they are. If, and they, they could have beaten Golden State. Like, that was a great game. If they just rebounded the basketball, they would have beat Golden State. Um, any big man like Anthony any, Davis. Any big man like Anthony Davis, yeah. So, look, there's no doubt in my mind that Anthony Davis would make this team an instant, like, you're a favorite to win the title. Because they kind of were coming into the year anyway. But 
if this end of the season ends well enough that he's like, okay, we fig- we figured this out. It took a year. Hayward's coming back. I'll stay. Then maybe he stays. But that all also goes with Anthony Davis because if they play well going through the stretch here and are like a piece away, if not going to the finals, then okay, Anthony Davis looks at Boston and goes, huh? Well, I really like Kai, and they were in the finals, and they're in the East. They in the West. Maybe I'll be more of a title contender in the East because I won't have to go through Golden State, LeBron, so on and so forth. And okay, okay, see who's now apparently going to be a consistent force too. And he should think about this too. Like you take Kawhi Leonard, who I Kawhi Leonard's not going to sign back with Toronto. Kawhi Leonard's going to go to the Clippers. He doesn't want to play with. He doesn't want to play with LeBron. He wants to go to the Clippers. He wants to go to LA, but to the Clippers. At that point, the Raptors are barely a threat. If Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving are the team in Boston, you're in the, going to the finals every in the finals year. Like every year, yeah. So I, I think it makes sense of why people would like you would think he's coming here. It just it looks at it lines up to me as a. Uh, but I think Anthony Davis wants to play with LeBron. I, I think Anthony Davis wants to play with LeBron, and I think Anthony Davis wants to play with LeBron so he doesn't have to be the guy. Because does Anthony Davis scream to you a guy who wants to be in charge? Well, here Kyrie is the, the guy. guy. No, okay, but is he really? Well, he wants to be. <laughs> okay, but if you have a choice of either LeBron or Kyrie, who are you choosing? If, if you no, actually want to play for LeBron. Me down if, you right have, now. if you actually want to play for Le- with LeBron, it's actually really for LeBron. My wording is right. If you want to play for LeBron James and you're okay with it, wouldn't you choose LeBron over Kyrie nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten? It depends if you care about winning. You don't okay. think you're with LeBron in, in L.A.? Not as much. Well, it also depends if Klay Thompson goes there. If Klay Thompson, who's also going to be a free agent, goes to L.A., which he's been saying that he wanted to, then that team's going to be the favorite to win the championship every year. And LeBron James, once again, who LeBron runs the NBA as is. If that's the case, LeBron would continue to run the NBA for more years to come. But so you so so wrap this one up. You don't think it's going to happen. You don't think Anthony Davis comes here? No, and especially because his agent is under the agency that LeBron owns. Yeah, which is ridiculous. How does LeBron James own an agency that has athletes on it? You know they're sliding money out of the under the it's, table. Hey, AD, check that Venmo. Check NBA, that PayPal, baby. And the NBA, the NBA would never say anything about it. Oh, God no. NBA would never say anything about it because it's LeBron. He's the golden child. Nope. All right, so last topic. We'll talk about this for like a minute. Kyrie Irving, interested in rejoining, reuniting with LeBron. Do you think Kyrie stays here? Do you think Do you think these rumors that Kyrie actually goes to L.A. are real? Uh, no, it's all chatter, and that's just me because I have someone telling me that it's all chatter. So. Oh, damn. Okay, all right, all right. I like it. And also, this is also – Rick Bueller is the same guy who – I believe I believe he's the one who said that Derrick Rose, uh, after he tore his ACL, he got taller, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, okay, Bueller, Bueller. No, um, I have Kyrie sources telling me he's, it's chatter, so we'll see. But oh, oh God, I know what that is. Okay, well, that makes me feel so much better because, <laughs> because man, I've been pissing myself over this. I I hate like this is giving me anxiety. Like I saw. I saw Danny Ainge yesterday, or no, this morning, tweeting at a golf company. So I quote tweeted, I was like, I was like, Danny, this is no time to be talking about golf. There is no golfing until you get Kyrie Irving to sign a contract with the Celtics long term. There is no golf. And to be fair, I don't really trust anything until the ink's dry, right? Until this summer, he signs a contract with the yeah. Celtics. I, I don't trust anybody. Like a source is a source, and 
whatever. But like Kyrie's also crazy nuts and he can change his mind in 30 seconds. So like, like who knows tomorrow the earth's probably gonna be flat again. So you're saying that you have sources telling you, I'll just, I'm just trying to clarify. You have sources telling you that Kyrie Irving, it's, it's all chatter that he would like to reunite with LeBron. Yes. There it is guys. Couch guy sports got sources. All right. That's it. That's the show for tonight. Oh, that's a good way to end it, boy. Oh, that's a good way to end it. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 94. Me, Nick Walia, Jared Scaly, the hottest, I'm talking sexually, producer oh. in the game, Patty P, making it sound good. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 94. Once again, thank you, Jerry Thornton of Barstool Sports, for coming on the show. I'll read everything off again. Follow him on Twitter at Jerry Thornton1. Catch him on Barstool talking all Patriots and teacher sex games. <laughs> the best thing he does. I'm sorry. The, the, the best thing he does. Fire blogs. And grab his book, Darkness of Dynasty. Personally recommended. Love the book. And then his latest one, Five Rings, the Super Bowl history of the New England Patriots. So far. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 94 in the book, six away from 100. We'll talk to you guys soon.